Of the Dave Ellswick Show. That's a good thing. And it's only six days left of my six-week antibiotic 24-7 feed going into my body. I went in, cleared out my pick line today, went in and reset my stuff up. And uh, it was uh, wonderful today to get that done and know that it was the last time the pick line had to be done. Because that stings like, it's like having a bunch of bumblebees sting in your arm, man. Did not feel good. Ouch. Because I don't know what it is that they use to, you know, the kill the germs. But it's not as bad as what, remember when we were in school, Russ, and they used green soap or mercurochrome? Oh, mercurochrome was the worst. Okay, well, it's not that bad. But it really gets your attention. Let's just yeah, put my it grand, that way. My granddad used to uh, use mercurochrome on every cut that you got. What was, what was mercurochrome? Was it iodine and alcohol? Is it's that what it was? What I, uh, seemingly, that's what it felt like. <laughs> of course, it was, <laughs> it I knew hurt. it was iodine, and so it scared me to with Jesus. <laughs> After that, every time I saw iodine, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. Of course, because iodine in itself does not hurt. No. But, the but whatever alcohol they put in does. the mercurochrome, oh yeah. my Lord. It does. But hold on. Now, bring up Michael. Bring Michael up there. Because Michael's about the same age. Mike, mercurochrome. Uh, it was <laughs> iodine and alcohol. Is that what it was? Uh, well, I'm trying to. I'm actually looking it up because I was listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> if you need to know anything, go to the web. Isn't that the way it always works? And and be misinformed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't have it in front of me. I'm I'm, I'm in the middle of searching it. Um, let me see what it says. Come, I, I, I just I just know this, Michael. It burned <clears throat> like somebody had opened the gates of hell on your skin. All right. I mean, it was hot. It hurt. It was not fun. You didn't want to. You know, you had to literally try to amputate my arm for me to let them put mercurochrome on me. That, that stuff was nasty. Just was nasty. And green soap wasn't much better. But this stuff they're using on my pick line doesn't burn that bad, but it burns, you know. And you would think that they can come up with something that wouldn't, wouldn't burn. I mean, you can get stuff at the at the store. You spray it on, and it kills all the germs. But this must kill you know, germs and their well, their family. They or say that it's merbromin, and I'm not sure what that is, plus alcohol. But see, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's alcohol. It's that alcohol yeah. base, so it's going to burn like fire. That's exactly the way it was. So I'm yep. I'm six days away from getting this pick line finally removed from my body because I've gotten six weeks of antibiotic carpet bombing going on because I had MRSA, Michael. I had MRSA. It's a it's a strep infection. Well, that is a scary that is a scary infection. Yeah, yep. it, it can be fatal, as you know. So you're a very lucky guy. So I understand you're complaining, but I had cancer surgery 18 years ago, wow. and, I, and I didn't know you could feel that lousy and be alive. 
Yeah. But I am not complaining. Yeah, that's it. I'd rather be looking down on the ground than looking up at the roots, all right? I mean, I'm really. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Every day above ground is a good day. That's exactly <laughs> right. I agree wholeheartedly with that. And, uh, and, and besides, we haven't aggravated our quota yet, have we? No, no. I, I, figure, <laughs> I figure God wants me still here to cause irritation for the left, and I'm— I will live to do that each Monday through Friday easily. And that's why I called you today, because I want to irritate the left. And we can do that talking about the former mayor of New York City, Michael Bloomberg. Who was a Republican, by the way. You know, it's not left or right. It's evil. And you've got evil in both parties. So let's be clear about it. Yeah, I agree. But I I doubt that Michael (laughs) Bloomberg was really a Republican. I mean, he went in and gave a bunch of money to the Republican Marty, uh, uh, Party when they were kind of broke there yeah. in New York City, and that's he kind of bought that election as well. He buys everything, and, and that's what's <laughs> so amazing. So, you know, I just wrote an article for Front Page Magazine. I hope after the program, everyone will go to frontpagemag.com. Absolutely. And I plan to talk about it on my own internet radio show tonight, the Michael Cutler Hour at 7 o'clock East Coast time. That's, I guess... Yeah, they could go right from my show and go over and listen to your show. Yeah, and and, and so here's Bloomberg lying through his teeth. The so-called journalists never challenged them. uh, The uh, the, uh, immigrants, you know, we're not going to make a distinction between lawful immigrants and illegal aliens. And and I make a distinction. It's it's comparable to the difference between house guests and burglars, okay? Yeah, I got you. Two guys are walking out of the bank with money in their hand. One guy gets arrested, the other guy doesn't. Why? Because one guy withdrew money at the point of a gun, the other one did it at the point of a pen. Okay? Right. So let's be very clear about what we're dealing with. I'm, and, I'm and all so about here's it. Michael Bloomberg, who, number one, says that the immigrants commit very few crimes because they don't want to come in contact with the law. Baloney, illegal aliens are 10 times as likely to commit a felony as is an American. I will tell you, Lawful immigrants, statistically, are much less likely to commit crimes even than U.S. citizens because they don't want to lose their green cards. They have a lot to lose. Yes, they do. Illegal aliens have nothing to lose. So when I was at DEA, Dave, I I, I did an analysis. I was at DEA intelligence for four years before I went over to the drug task force, always as an INS agent, immigration agent. So I did an analysis of arrest statistics, and it was stunning. In New York City, and this number stayed constant, this is in the late 80s, 60% of the people that we were arresting at DEA for drug trafficking crimes, and these weren't little crimes. This wasn't a guy with a joint in his back pocket. We're talking tonnage and guns and all kinds of related crimes. 60% were identified as foreign-born. That didn't include the aliens who falsely claimed to be Americans who weren't. Nationally, it was 30%. And here's Bloomberg who says, oh, they never commit crimes. Then he oh, says, no. we, they, they don't have kids, so it doesn't impact our schools. Really? How much money is now being spent on English as a second language? Uh, I don't think kids born in the Bronx need training in English as a second language. I, I agree and, with and you, then, Michael. <laughs> I mean, but these are the lies. And no one said to him that was interviewing him, hey, wait a second. How do you back this up with statistics? What is your source for your information? Never challenged him. He said it. It must be true. Remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, and then well, of he course. Said, Americans would do the job. Some people say if we only paid more, and that's right. So he's admitting that this is about wage suppression. The guy who's worth, catch this, 
$50 billion. He can't spend the interest on that money fast enough to not amass a fortune every day. $50 billion with a B. That's right. Said, but what would happen to the golf courses if they had to pay more to get the grass cut? Mm-hmm. So here's a guy who's worried about his greens fees at his country club as he flies around the world in his private jet. And he needs to fly around the world because from what I read a while back, he has 19 mansions all over the world. Wow. But he's concerned about his greens fees at his country club. How angry should that make every breathing American? It should make everybody very angry, to be honest, especially he's an open borders guy. I mean, it's beyond just saying. And that was the whole premise. We need open borders no matter what. Open the borders. It's great for everybody. Of we course. Everybody. And how did that work out in New York City, which got hammered the worst on 9-11, when the 9-11 commission, to which I provided testimony, made it clear that not only the attacks of 9-11, but other terror attacks involve multiple failures of the immigration system, well, a system he would like to end. Let's talk about the open borders and what it would mean. A few years back, when we had Katrina, and after Katrina went through New Orleans, the minority businessmen in New Orleans were excited because they thought they were going to make a lot of money repairing the damages that Katrina had wrought. Problem was, they weren't ready for all of the illegal aliens that flooded the market. And Do you know un- why they flooded the market? Why? Thank George W. Bush, the Republican Party's answer to Alfred E. Newman, okay? Okay. I, I was told that when my name was brought up at the Oval Office, Bush used to scream obscenities. I wish I had a video of that. I turned it into a loop and watch it all day and just laugh. Right. George W. Bush said... We have a crisis, so the solution is we will suspend the I-9 requirement for employers who hire construction workers who are here without documentation. Oh, so basically it was a free-for-all for undocumented immigrants. No, illegal aliens. Let's call them what they are. The okay. term alien simply means any person, not a citizen or national of the United States. And we're not being politically correct. We've got to stop saying that. We are being Orwellian. And George Orwell made it clear that you eliminate words to eliminate the thoughts the words represent. I I agree with that. You know that I'm with you on this. So the illegal aliens flooded the market. They took all of the jobs that the Masons thought they'd get. They took all of the jobs that the drywall people thought that they would get. And they took all of the jobs that the the roofing people thought that they would get. Roofers and carpenters and plumbers. And my dad, may rest in peace, was a construction plumber. He was a tradesman. So think about that. Now, here's what I would have done had I been the president. I would have said, if we are short workers, because there's so much going on, I would reach out across America and say, if you are lawfully entitled to work in the United States, that is to say, you're an American citizen, you're a lawful immigrant, you have employment authorization, if, even if you have minor issues with law, you've been arrested for minor crimes, come down, we will provide you with apprenticeships. We will teach you how to be bricklayers and carpenters and, and roofers and electricians. You help us rebuild New Orleans. We'll help you rebuild your lives. Sounds like a how good idea. An idea about what a real leader does, not some guy who has no use for Americans and loves open borders. That's why his brother, Jeb, had made the comment that illegal immigration is an act of love. 
and I wrote a commentary, and I said that Jeb was looking for love in all the wrong places. How does that work for you? <laughs> that, works, that works really well. You know, I write parody songs. I might have to do one for that. There you go. We might have to do that, Michael. We've just given you some food for thought. I hope you've given your audience food for thought. Yeah, and I hope that we have. We'll be back in a moment. We've got to take a break here, uh, Michael. Michael Cutler is with us. He's going to be with us for the hour. We're going to talk about Bloomberg and why he is not fit to hold down the office of the presidency. Back with you. It's uh, about 22 minutes after 2, and Michael Cutler is our special guest this hour. Michael is a... my go-to guy whenever I want to talk about uh, illegal aliens and uh, immigration here in the United States. He's been an ICE agent. He knows what he speaks about. Uh, I got to know him at uh, Hold Your Feet to the Fire, uh, which is put on by FAIR every year. I wasn't there this year. I'll be there again next year for the, I think it's the 12th uh, edition of Hold Your Feet to the Fire. So, Michael, I'll be there to, to, to see you at that point. So tell me about more about Bloomberg and illegal immigration, because sure. this is a huge thing that, to me, people would think twice before they'd ever put him in the White House. Well, by the way, I probably won't be there this year. For whatever reason, they, they don't invite me any longer, but that's fine. I'll always be glad to join you by, by the miracle of the telephone. Well, we'll do that. Um, Absolutely. But Look, here's the problem that we have. And, and, and again, this is what the other side has done. Uh, I, I just want to read something to your audience. This comes from, if I could find it real quickly. I just did this earlier this morning on another interview. I, did, I also do podcasts on a subscription service, dmlnews.com, for Dennis Michael Lynch, uh, Team DML. So here's, here's what Newspeak is about. We're going to talk about the use of language, why this is happening. And, and this comes from the official appendix from the novel explaining what Newspeak was and why um, he made it part of his novel, he meaning George Orwell. The purpose of Newspeak was not only to provide a medium of expression for the world view of the mental habits proper to the devotees of the English Socialist Party or INGSOC, but to make all other modes of thought impossible. Think about that. Mm-hmm. It was intended that when Newspeak had been adopted once and for all in old speak, that's what we speak, forgotten, a heretical thought that is a thought diverging from the principles of the English Socialist Party would be literally unthinkable. And he went on and said, uh, Newspeak was designed not to extend, but to diminish the range of thought. And this purpose was indirectly assisted by cutting the choice of words down to a minimum. Eliminating the word alien eliminates the notion of people being illegally present in the United States. Mm -hmm. That's what this is about. And it started with Jimmy Carter. Think about that. Yeah, and the, the left- whole idea was to cut the choice of words to cut out the thoughts that the words represent. Yeah, the left. So the left people, has been using so this forever. Take our position. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just saying the left has been doing this forever. They've been, I mean, yes. if Orwell realized yes. and, and, and that, and we it's, write it, it off as, you know, we're being politically correct. We're trying to be too polite. Yes. Nonsense. Look, when there is a revolution, what do the rebels seize immediately? After they get control of the airports, the troops can't come in from behind and take them out. Once they secure the airports, what's the next target for them to seize? Radio and TV. You bet. And the newspapers. Yes. Control the flow of information. That's correct. Propaganda. That's why the founding fathers made the First Amendment, not firearms, 
that search and seizure, that testimony against yourself, it was the freedom of expression, to be able to speak your mind freely and without challenge. Think about that. Once you take away the ability to speak your thoughts freely, you are no longer living in a free democratic society. You are now living in a totalitarian state. Yeah, Michael, think about this. Now they've moved on. They're not just doing words anymore. They're doing science. They're telling us that a woman who becomes, in her own mind, a man and has a baby is, in fact, a man having a baby. No, it's not. Listen, all I can say is this. When I can go into a pet store and I get more than two choices, male or female, then we'll have that conversation. How's that? <laughs> I'll go along with you, Michael. That's a, that's a great uh, illustration for folks. How's My that biology. for painting a picture with words? It's biology. Come on. It's just biology. But well, they... they want to deny evolution. They want to deny reality. Every species, you know, male, female, eggs, Fertilizing eggs results in an embryo, results in an offspring, whatever it is, whether it's a wolf, a fish, a frog, or a human being. That's correct. But we're, we're going to turn, we're going to turn science and evolution, and, and we get accused of not believing in science if we challenge climate change. Yeah, but now you're who are the ones who are denying science. Now they'll say they to you, Michael, they'll say to you now that you're transphobic. See, they minimalize you and they they marginalize you by saying that you're it's some kind of phobic. Tactic. The people who want to protect us from the bullies are the bullies. You know, I testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee a number of years ago. The late Arlen Specter was there. And as he introduced me, it was done very abruptly. Normally, it's, they read your bio and it's, he just did it because they knew they needed me there so they could show some balance, supposedly. And they made sure to ask very few questions of me, but they went on forever with, with everyone else. That was done purposely. But what Spectre did that was remarkable. He said, there are some people who suffer exophobia. And I sat there thinking, what is this guy saying? Am I afraid of the letter X? <laughs> and then he corrected himself and said xenophobia. Yeah. You see, if you take a position of securing borders, not against everybody, but against people who pose a threat, then you are anti-immigrant. No, you're pro-enforcement. Yes. But they do this to intimidate and to make people not understand what's going on. The immigration laws have absolutely nothing to do with race, religion, or ethnicity. If they did, I couldn't have enforced those laws for 30 seconds, let alone for my 30-year career. The law is designed, and this is verifiable, folks. Title Eight, United States Code, Section 1182. Everything I tell you, I can back up by citation of law or, or other facts that are indisputable. <clears throat> Categories of excludable aliens, aliens to be kept out of America, aliens with dangerous communicable diseases or severe mental illness. Let's remember Ellis Island was a quarantine station. And if you go to Ellis Island, and I've been there, when you walk into the Great Hall, and my parents came, my, my mother came through Ellis Island, my dad was born here, but his family came through Ellis Island. There's this big staircase in the middle of Ellis Island, and this was built over 100 years ago. Why did they have this big staircase? I mean, architecturally, it's beautiful, but it was a cardio test. Because as the immigrants got off the boat and walked up the stairs, they positioned doctors and nurses strategically along the staircase. So if people were wheezing and huffing and puffing and could barely get up the stairs, guess what? They were turned around. You know why? They wouldn't be able to support themselves because most of the jobs required physical fitness. 
All right, Michael, I need you. No computers. I need, I need I need you to keep your thought, and we're going to pick it up when we come back from the news. We've got a break you for bet. the news, and we're going to do you that bet. here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Our guest, Michael Cutler, he is for me the foremost authority on immigration, what's going on in our country. He'll tell you like like it is. And today we're talking about Michael Bloomberg and why you should doubt whether he should be the next president of the United States. Let's get to the local news, and we'll be back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with Michael Cutler here on the Dave Ellswick Show, Friday edition. Monday, don't forget Elizabeth will be back into the studio. We'll be getting the woman's point of view from her. And then uh, Robert Steinbeck will join us as well, and we'll get a lawyer who is a conservative, a legal professor from UALR on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show to give you a view of the law from the the right side, so to speak. So, Michael, you were uh, talking before we left, and you were talking about, about Ellis, Ellis Island, Island, and I'll let you pick it up there. Sure. By the way, tell Robert I say hello. We've become friends, and uh, I understand he wants me to join join him on your program on, I think it's the 23rd of December. Oh, yeah, Monday the 23rd. Yeah, because I'm going to be out. There taking, you go. Taking well, some time off. asked me if I would spend some time with him on air, and I, I'm always delighted to be on your terrific show. So, so going to Ellis Island, remember, it was run by immigration and public health officials. It was a quarantine station. So I mentioned the staircase, which was really a cardio test to see if the people coming in would be physically fit to the point that they could support themselves. Okay? It's about keeping out aliens, not only with dangerous diseases and severe mental illness, but aliens who are criminals, spies, terrorists, fugitives from justice. Uh, aliens who were previously deported lied on their applications for immigration. They committed fraud. Aliens who were convicted felons. And then we get to aliens who would likely become a public charge or aliens who would displace American workers. Is there any category of exclusion that you would argue with? No. Okay. Then why is there a war against immigration law enforcement that has caused many of our agents to be physically attacked in the street as they go about their job? You know, we just suffered a terrible tragedy in New Jersey a couple of days ago. Yeah, you did. Um, and, and it was horrendous. And it was remarkable to me that the attorney general, the state attorney general for the state of New Jersey, took two days to come to the conclusion that maybe this was a hate crime. Let's review <laughs> what happened. You've got these two pieces of trash jump out of the vehicle. They go down the block slowly. They're searching for that one store on the block that was owned by, by a Jewish family. The woman just turned 33, by the way, has children. Her husband was next door at the synagogue. So they're driving down the block, seeking this place out after they killed that, that incredible detective. What a background. What a loss to his family, to the community, to the law enforcement profession. So they kill him in cold blood at a cemetery. Now they drive down the, and I saw the video. There was no doubt what we were seeing. Right. And then they stop right in front of this kosher delicatessen that was serving the Jewish community. They charge out of their vehicles with long guns and open fire before they get through the door. Okay. In the vehicle, and they found the pipe bomb in the vehicle and a big long note talking about how they hated Jews and hate law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but if some guy who charges into a kosher store blazing away before anyone had a chance, they weren't shooting at him. He just went in and shot down three unarmed people, including a 24-year-old young man who had his whole life ahead of him. 
you gun them down and you go to the guy's vehicle and it says, I hate Jews, blah, 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 and all this other crazy nonsense. Do you think that might be a prima facie evidence of a hate crime? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just guessing here. I, I think that we could probably assume that they're anti-Semites, yes. Okay, so now we know that these are the scum of the earth who did what they did, but this is the same attorney general who has threatened law enforcement in New Jersey. If they dare cooperate with ICE, he will look to do all, to- all sorts of things, maybe even prosecute them. So immigration agents are hateful. But people that gun down innocent civilians in a, in a, in a private store, uh, we're not sure what his motivation. We better look hard before we come to any conclusion. That's his position. Mm. Have I lost my mind? No, you haven't lost yours, but the people on the left have lost theirs because they'll do anything, anything, and then try to, to justify it through that somehow they're being the people who uh, love these people and whatever. But Evidently, they hate their country. They hate their country. They hate the laws. They are seditionists. And look, I'm a registered Democrat. And people say, how could you be a registered Democrat? The answer is easy. I'm a Democrat, and they're not. The Democratic (laughs) Party used to stand for hardworking, blue-collar Americans like my dad, who was a construction worker. The Democratic Party used to stand, and I know people disagree, with the unions, with the school teachers, with the postal workers. They took care of people that worked. And the Republican Party looked out for the business owner. And we understand the the dynamics of that relationship, management versus labor. That's fine. It goes back to the Bible. It goes back to to the first human beings, management and labor, right? Right. But here you have a situation where they have knifed every hardworking American in the back. And some people still haven't figured out that these people are not their friend. They're their enemy. They have no regard for hardworking Americans. And Bloomberg was clear when he could say there are those who say that if you raise the pay that Americans would do the jobs, they might be right. But then we're going to have to pay more to get our grass cut on the golf course. Right. I have to tell you, when I read that, I almost fell out of my chair. Well, it's because he's admitting what this is about. This is about wage suppression by a man who has more money than any thousand people that your audience might know. I understand what you're saying here, Michael. I I really, really do. And I think there's people within the Democrat Party that are understanding that. See, Trump was smart. He got in and he was able he spent some of his money, but very little of his money when you overlook how much he spent. Yep. And uh, was was able to get himself elected. Bloomberg. But look, if this is government by the people, if this is really government by the people, then I would argue it is no longer government by the people. Uh-huh. You know, if, if Buick, Buick just announced they're no longer going to make the Regal because people are buying SUVs. They're not buying cars. I right. have an SUV, in fact. They're very practical. I love my, my I have an MDX. It's a wonderful car. So GM looks at what the people are buying and they say, well, if folks aren't going to buy the Regal, we'll make more SUVs. We're going to stop making Regal. It was clear that Trump won the election on one key issue, immigration, secure yep. borders. Okay? So you would think that the Democrats would say, well, the message is clear. The American people that we represent, this is about governance, not dictatorship, they want secure borders. If we want to be successful, if we want to be the government of the people, by the people, and for the people, then we have to support immigration law enforcement. You would think. You would think they get they the do? point. They attack anybody who would dare suggest that we have secure borders. And something just happened today that blew my mind. 
And by the way, you know, there was a, there was that the shooting in Florida, and I've written about that for Front Page Magazine also. And I hope everyone will go to frontpagemag.com and read both of my articles this week. But here's the CNN headline. You know, we keep being told that the Democrats and Republicans would never pass any legislation together. They would never do anything on the immigration issue. Mm-hmm. So we're watching the circus in the House of Representatives at the, at the House Judiciary Committee. And I've testified before the, the Judiciary Committee a number of times in Congress, both in the House and Senate. But he, here's the, the point that I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask your audience. Could you ever imagine any immigration bill going through the House with bipartisan support? No, not at this time. Let me read the headline. You got your seatbelt on? I don't want you falling out of your chair. I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to my arms of my chair as we speak. Folks, put your seat in the upright position and, and close your tray in front of you. Hang on. Here it comes. This was on Wednesday. Headline CNN. House votes to provide a pathway to citizenship for thousands of undocumented farm workers. And it begins by saying, Washington, the House passed a bipartisan bill on Wednesday that would grant legal status to thousands of undocumented farm workers. Bipartisan. So while we're watching this, this theater of the absurd, when I watch them filing into the House, you know what I hear in my mind's ear? Calliope music. Yeah, no kidding. Right? Do, 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 do. So everyone's watching that crazy act. Meanwhile, what do they do in, in, in the quiet corners? They pass the bill that would take care of farm workers. Do you know who Ab- uh, Muhammad Abu Alima is? Does that name roll off your tongue? Probably no, not. It does not. He was one of the leaders of the bombing of the World Trade Center in 1993. He got amnesty thanks to Reagan's asinine amnesty program as a drum roll, please, farm worker. He claimed that he had picked beans in Florida when in reality the closest he ever came to planting anything was when he planted a bomb in the garage of the World Trade Center that were a thousand and almost toppled the tower. As it was, it created a half billion in damages. Correct. I remember this. So my point is this. How many times can you be burned by the same fire that has killed so many people and say, oh, what a great idea. Let's recreate the 93 bombing at the Trade Center. Well, that's what the House of Representatives voted for in a bipartisan vote. Both sides of the aisle. Michael, what was the name of the bill? Do you happen to have it in front of you? I'm looking for it right now. It was just sent to me. I'm looking. And by the way, the vote was 260 to 165. Wow. Can you imagine that? So yeah. it wasn't like maybe two Republicans voted for it. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of Republicans who did vote for it, evidently. So if you yeah. can find the name of the bill and, and for it to me, you got my email. Just send it to me. And, I'll, I'll uh, send you the article, that, and it's here. But, uh, but okay. I mean, look, and they've done it before. A couple of months ago, they passed the bill that will flood America with computer programmers, as though we don't have any here in America. You know, my late, my first wife uh, died many years ago at age 33 of cancer. She was a brilliant programmer, MBA in computer science, member of the National Math Honor Society. She was a Phi Beta Kappa graduate. Many of her colleagues, Americans, were of the same caliber. But Bob Goodlatte, the Republican chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, has been pushing and pushing and pushing to flood America with programmers from India, even had a woman from India on his staff at the House Judiciary Committee. And when I had an argument with him, we spent 30 minutes together. It was probably the longest 30 minutes of his life. He told me that, and I didn't know it, but he's not as smart as he thinks he is. 
it turns out that Bob Goodlight is an immigration lawyer who, before he went to Congress, and I suspect he's doing it now, had a thriving H-1B visa law practice in four states. And his son got to start with Zuckerberg at Facebook, and Zuckerberg wants nothing but foreign programmers. In fact, Zuckerberg created a program a couple of years ago called the Hackathon. And what was the Hackathon? To teach young people how to write computer code, which is wonderful. Oh, and by the way, if you wanted to qualify, you had to be here illegally. Hmm. That's interesting. So when I hear this left-right nonsense, I have to disagree with you. We are Americans, and we can disagree on some issues, folks, that I know there's hot tempers about certain issues, abortion and school print. I get it. But if we can't defend the borders and we can't keep criminals out and we can't keep on destroying jobs and wages for America, we won't have a country and all the other arguments go out the window. You know, they keep on asking this question, should we put the military on the border? It's remarkable. Uh, El Chapo Guzman, uh, and El Chapo, if you remember, was the, the number one drug dealer who was just convicted in Brooklyn, of all places, because his thriving drug trade was all over Queens. New York became the capital for the Mexican, first it was the Colombian and the Mexican cartel. Why would you set up shop in the city, in the, in the one city that has the biggest police department of any in the country? Mm-hmm. Only one reason. Besides the fact of its location, you know, airport, seaport, and so forth, New York is a border city. In fact, New York City has more illegal aliens than any other city in the country, believe it or not. But it's also because of our sanctuary policies. And Bloomberg was all in on those sanctuary policies, you see? Right. And so now they just arrested, uh, we did, the feds did, my old outfit, the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force, the same uh, task force that took that El Chapo, just arrested the, uh, the head of security for Mexico. And why did they, what are they charging with? Accepting bribes from El Chapo to the tunes of millions of dollars to protect his drug trafficking organization in Mexico. And what was the consequence? We got tonnage of narcotics in, in the United States. So we now have a judge, uh, no, we had a member of the Congress telling um, the, I think it was the General Accountability Office, we need a study about the wall on the border and some judges trying to prevent the wall again from being built. So while everyone is duking it out over impeachment, look what's going on behind the scenes. Every effort possible to stop the construction of the wall. By the way, the wall by itself won't solve the problem. I compare the wall on the border to a wing on the airplane. Without the wing, the airplane doesn't fly, but the wing by itself goes absolutely nowhere. You need interior enforcement. We've never had interior enforcement. And this is because the failures of the immigration system are designed to be failures. It's a delivery system for the likes of Mike Bloomberg and all the other globalists on both sides of the aisle. You see, because the whole idea is to get the alien not out of the shadows, but into the offices of the immigration law firms from coast to coast and border to border. Zoe Lofgren now is the chairperson of the House Immigration Subcommittee. Zoe's claim to fame, she's an immigration lawyer. Do you not see a conflict of interest here? Of course, there's been all kinds of conflicts of interest. Where, so where am I getting any of this wrong? You tell me, Dave. Well, they're getting it wrong because they're not following what the American people want to no, do. They are, but am I getting it wrong? Is what no, I'm you got it right. And my point is we have got to, as Americans, stop defining ourselves as Democrats and Republicans. Both parties are toxic and poisonous. 
All right, keep your keep your thought. We got to come back and finish up the last segment. Michael Cutler is our guest here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we got about six minutes remaining in this hour with Michael Cutler. Uh, a very special hour. Michael knows what he's talking about when it comes to illegal immigration. Let's go back, Michael, for the people who may not have heard uh, the beginning of this hour. And I want you to give your thoughts about Michael Bloomberg being president of the United States. It is cringeworthy. This is a guy who supports fully sanctuary policies. And by the way, if you look at the 9-11 Commission report, and you would think that the former mayor of the city that got slammed the worst on 9-11, I was here, my, my neighbors died, those ashes landed on my house. And he actually has a, a, a part of his commercial. If you look at his commercial, if they're airing it in your neck of the woods, they show the devastation from 9-11. So he invokes it. We put New York back together after the attacks. You would think if there's anybody who would have committed to memory the 9-11 Commission report, it would have been Mike Bloomberg. And what he's doing is to go in the exact opposite direction. Immigration was identified as the number one issue that made it, imposs- made it possible for terrorists repeatedly to attack us. And in the years since 9-11, it's hard to believe we're coming up on 19 years. Mm-hmm. How many more attacks have we had by aliens who one way or the other gamed the system, got driver's licenses and fake names? So New York State is giving driver's licenses to people who can't prove who they are. Think about that. Yeah, you don't even have have, to, Michael, you don't even have to game the system anymore. The system wants to help you be an illegal alien and get a driver's license. And not only the illegals, the legal system has no integrity. I could solve the immigration problem in one year. It would no longer be a problem. We'd move on to other issues. Interior enforcement, interior enforcement, interior enforcement. Because one way or the other, people will get past the border. One way or another, people will be admitted into the United States. And once they get past the border, whether it's at an international airport, seaport, or the northern or southern borders, they are home free. We have 6,000 ICE agents. More than half of them are not doing immigration work. Let's remember that the sea and ICE is customs, which has nothing to do with immigration whatsoever. This is a failure by design. We have 1.3 million members in the armed forces. I started mentioning the debate, should the military back up immigration? Immigration backs up the military and no one gets it. The purpose for our armed forces, all five branches, is to keep America's enemies as far from our shores as possible. Up close and in person, that very important baton gets passed to the Border Patrol and the ICE agents. Think about that. The second largest contingent of agents who were assigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force are immigration agents. Why? Because any alien who enters America and becomes part of a terrorist program, no matter how they come here, legally, illegally, once they start to act as terrorists, they are in violation of the immigration laws. It's a slam dunk. I arrested terrorists in my career. My first fraud investigation caused me to trip over a terror plot in Israel Thankfully, working with the FBI and the Israeli National Police, we prevented the bombing of an oil refinery in Israel. You would think that common sense would dictate that whatever went wrong, we would fix it. When airplanes crash, the FAA does an investigation. Why? And the NTSB, the National Transportation and Safety Board, so that we fix the plane so the airplane doesn't crash. When Space Shuttle Challenger blew up, they convened a commission to make sure that they address the failures that led to the explosion of Space Shuttle Challenger. 
the 9-11 Commission was commissioned for the exact same purpose, and every one of these nitwits are violating multiple sections of the immigration, uh, I'm sorry, of the 9-11 Commission report that dealt with immigration failures. What do you think of that statement? Well, I think you're absolutely correct, and that's why people need to be reading your articles. People need to be listening to your show. If people want to listen to your show uh, today, where do they need to go? Just go to the Michael Cutler Hour. It is on Blog Talk Radio. Just put in the Michael Cutler Hour in Google. Click on it. Uh, I will be on at 7 o'clock. I'll be talking about these issues. I have to tell you what a pleasure it is to join you. I'm so glad you're back in the saddle again, Dave. I I hope you mend completely and quickly, and I I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a happy, healthy New Year with the emphasis on healthy. Um, But but it's really wonderful to do this program, and I'm looking forward to being on with Robert on the 23rd. You'll do a good job with it. You know that. Michael Cutler, thank you so much. Remember, front page magazine, you can listen to you can read uh, Michael there. He's uh, a great guy. He is excellent, a, a great person, and that's why we have him here. He's a true patriot. Love having Michael on. All right, wraps it up. Got more to come your way in a moment. If you're listening at 5, no more coming your way. It's Larry Elder. But if you're not, more of my show. Eric Coleman will join me when we return. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.